You're listening to Live and On Board with Tony Malazzo. This is Tony Malazzo, and you are live and on board with Johnny Codinelli. Yes. Hello, everybody. Great to be here in the marina. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, we had uh, planned to go out for for some boating, but the weather has not been good, so we are safely here at the Yacht Club. (laughs) And... uh, just going to chill out with Johnny for a little while. Yeah. Uh, so I have a few questions for you. Please. First of all, I wanted to ask you where you were born. Uh, Cleveland, Ohio. In Cleveland? Cleveland Heights. Uh, Cleveland Heights, uh, which is about, you know, right in Cleveland. And then I lived in Euclid, which is five minutes from downtown Cleveland. Oh, and I must right. say, a lot of great comedy people seem to come from the general area. Uh, Tim Conway, Bob Hope, um... Arsenio, Drew Carey, who's obviously put us on the map. Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of nice. Yeah. You know, so, so we you don't have any good sports teams. But we so you were raised there? I moved out to California when I was 10, 10. with my parents. Not to L.A., but to a little farm town called Calamesa, about a couple hours east of L.A., and that's where I grew up, and that's where I stayed until I moved to L.A. to get away from that small town and come see what Los Angeles had to offer. And when was that? When did you come to L.A.? Uh, quite a while ago. I can't even remember. But I dropped out of college, put oh. it that way. Okay. Well, when did you first get bitten by the comic and uh, acting bug? Well, it's funny because I was probably bitten once, but it didn't draw blood, <laughs> to use an analogy, because I came out here because I liked it. And then I came out here and I actually just kind of unwound for a few years out here not doing comedy just I did improv actually I did improv right away first week I got out here I joined an improv group and I go oh I really like this and then I did some singing songwriting around town I said oh I really like this and then I joined a sketch comedy group and that was it that was the the greatest thing I ever joined we was 13 of us we would get together write produce and direct our own shows put them up all over Hollywood and then that crew just and that's all I wanted to do I said let's just keep together and maybe we'll you know and then that crew kind of fell apart one guy moved back home the director started dating one of the actresses in the group oh this so it just kind of fell apart and then I was left sitting there going now what but I um keeps uh, you sharp it really did keep me sharp being on that thing I I I miss it actually to this day because we rehearse we would rehearse five times a week I was never sharper helped me as an actor as a person as a you know writer Certainly mm-hmm. helped me as a writer then, but all of a sudden you're you're by yourself, and I go, well, I don't know how to join another group like that, so let me just start doing stand-up. So in some ways, I sort of fell into stand-up, even though I so- maybe came out here right. thinking I might do it. Uh, that sketch group was like all I wanted to do, but it just led me, whatever the path may be, it took me to stand-up comedy, which is what I've been doing for a while now. Right, right, yes. great. Um, I wanted to ask you about some of the highlights or uh, achievements that you've had. Uh, in your career thus far, what stands out in your mind? And uh... couple things: uh, getting picked up by Mitzi Shore, actually showcasing for Mitzi Shore at the Comedy Store. Uh, the person who you know discovered all the greats: Roseanne Barr, Jim Carrey, and on upwards. Uh, I literally caught the tail end of the, I guess, what you'd consider the glory days of the Comedy Store, where she used to still show up and watch showcasers. Mm-hmm. And I went in, I showcased for her on a Sunday. I had three minutes, and I walk. You walk past her after you're done showcasing, and she doesn't even look up. And you're like, "Oh, she doesn't like me." At the last minute, she looks up. Okay. Oh no, she actually she didn't. Hold on a second. I showcased three minutes, 
I walked past her thinking she was going to stop me, tell me I was great because I had a pretty good set. She didn't. She didn't even look up. I'm like, well, <laughs> I suck. She hates me, and that's it. So I called in the next day to the comedy store because that's what you're supposed to do, yeah. just to call in to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. Mitzi, Mitzi didn't say anything, so you're not picked up. Like everybody and, else. Yeah, exactly. So I called <laughs> in the next day just doing my proper, you know, follow follow up and they said Mitzi wants to see you again next week for six minutes I'm like oh wow she actually watched what I was doing so I was like oh no now I'm still so now what do I do so next week Sunday I went back I did six minutes the first three was the same and then I added three minutes and then uh, I walked past her again slowly because she sits right at the back of the club as you walk out right. you're hoping she's going to stop you and she didn't she didn't even look up again I'm thinking man this sucks I don't even know what I'm doing wrong here uh, but I call the next day again this was on a Sunday, and then another Sunday. Called on a Monday again. They go, Mitzi wants to see you do 10 minutes next Sunday. So third Sunday in a row. So now when, once you get the 10-minute showcase, this is back in the day, of course. Yeah. That meant you sort of really had to blow it or you were going to get picked up. It was like a big deal to get the third showcase. Right. You know, so I got that 10 minutes, and I, I felt like I had a great set. But this time I'm walking back going, she ain't, I get it. She's not going to look at me. I understand. And I walk past... And she stops me at the last minute and goes, Congratulations, you're a paid regular. Call Scott tomorrow and give him your availability. I'm like, oh, my God. Because that's the moment when you're validated by somebody that you used to just read about before you even got into, before you even moved to Los Angeles, you know, you heard about. I used to read a lot about stand-up comedy. I knew she was Pauly Shore's mother. Tough customer. Tough customer. It took Gary Shandling, I think, about nine years to get picked up by her. As a regular, and he was a very successful writer, like Welcome Back, Cotter, things like that. He was a very successful writer before, and the, you know, then he decided to stand up. Thank God, because he's hilarious. But it took him a long time. It's just, you know, it's it, it was right. it was a nice validation. And then you know, I toured with Paulie Shore. Mm-hmm. About a year and a half later, I just get a phone call at home. Hey, Johnny, Paulie, uh, give me a call. I wanted to talk to you about something. Now what's weird is I get this. He never really talked to me at the comedy store, and I'd see him all the time. But at the time, right before this, I had started a comedy store softball team. You know, oh, they used cool. to do one way back in the early 80s, and David Letterman, I think, was the man, the coach. You know, he was the one who put it all together, so I said, I'm going to start one, because it had long been dormant. So I just put a sign-up sheet, thinking maybe if we get 12 people to sign up. We had, like, probably 40 people sign up. You know, now that doesn't mean everybody shows to every game, but all of a sudden, I'm, like, in charge of all these people, and... Mitzi Shore's assistant, Scott, goes, hey, why don't you talk to Polly? Maybe he'll give you some weasel t-shirts or something, you know, from the weasel and stuff. We'll be the weasels, the comedy store weasels. And I go, oh, okay, I'm not going to ask him, though. Why don't you ask him, Scott? You know, I'm not going to go, excuse me, Polly. A uh, young comic would like to, you know, get yeah, some free some shirts. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, that's not my place to ask Polly. And then uh, so I, when he left me that voicemail, I'm like, ah, Scott must have said something. He's going to give me some t-shirts. That's awesome. So I called him back up, and he goes, "Want to see if you want to go on tour with me?" I'm like, "Oh, this wasn't about T-shirts." So <laughs> he, he was like, "Apparently, he had been watching my act and stuff, and, and knew who I was." So about a year, he, about almost a year to the day, he asked me. We went on tour. So that whole time, I'm thinking, "Oh, he forgot about the tour, and we're not." And all of a sudden, I get a call later. Okay, we're getting ready to go. So I toured with him in Vegas and some dates around Southern California. You know, nice theaters. Usually about 1,500 seaters. You know, and for a guy who'd never performed in front of like more than 200 before that, it was pretty, pretty, uh, for obviously a very young comic, you know. Yeah, great and, experience. Uh, it was a great wow. experience. Yeah, it was amazing. My dad came to the show in Vegas and just happened to be the one show where I did really well. So 
It's like, thank God, you know. <laughs> the one Because I had to tell him I was dropping out of college and move out oh. to L.A. to figure myself out. <laughs> and I was an accounting major, so and I was a very good student, so my dad had my future all mapped out. All right, in a couple of years, I won't need to worry about this guy. He'll have money and a future and career. All of a sudden, I put a... <laughs> dad, I think I'm going to move out to L.A. And I dropped out of college as a junior, so. Mm. Yeah, accounting major. You were accounting major. Do you ever regret that, or...? I, I do regret not getting my degree just because I think there's something um, impressive. Anybody who's ever gotten a degree, I'm impressed with because it's completion. You know, I don't do regret leaving college to pursue my dream. And I would tell anybody listening to this podcast, if you're not doing what you love, stop. Especially if you don't have any ties and you're young and you can go just do something wild and change your life just because, you know, you only live once. And my dad told me that when I told him I was dropping out of college. He goes, hey, man, it's a long life. you got to go choose what you want to do. It was very wise, sage advice. And had he not been so, like, had he, if he had given me a hard time, I don't know if I would have dropped out of college. He made it easy for me to come out here, and it's the best thing I ever did. And even he says it now, you know. So uh, yeah. I do regret not getting my degree because I just like to have it. I think it would uh-huh. be kind of cool. And I've often thought about just going back, night school or online school, and just getting it just, to have just so it. i have that thing yeah. you know i can put up on my wall yeah uh but um not being an accountant was the best thing i ever did i would yeah. you know i it just I, i'm not cut out for being an accountant i was doing it just because i thought it would make me money that was yeah. the only reason i was going for it the last reason you should do anything in life right. any yeah. a, any other headlights or well headlights? uh said headlights. headlights you said headlights <laughs> but uh <laughs> You st- hey, are you staring at my girlfriend's boobs right now? Oh, Was that a faux pas? <laughs> Sorry. She's sitting, my fiance actually, she's sitting right next to well, me. Well, why don't we go there since uh, we just went there? Yeah, it's. Uh, uh, I'm still getting used to the term fiance. Yeah. We've been engaged for what, less than two weeks? Yeah, maybe, I think it was two weeks Wednesday. Yeah, two weeks. Uh, two weeks. This, today is. So it'll be two weeks this Wednesday. Just more. All right, yeah. right. So it's just under two weeks. Yeah. So we're still getting used to that term. Yeah. Right. I propose up on. We went for a long hike with our two dogs up in the hills of uh, Brentwood, mm-hmm. and uh, with just two dogs and God as our witness. Did you get down on one knee? I did. I did. I did. I, my knee was hurting too because there was rocks there. I didn't really <laughs> plan it out very well at all, and she could probably tell you I kind of jumbled my words and uh, it was very unpolished. Uh-huh. But uh, <laughs> did you pause or just say yes right away? Oh, she paused. Well, you I kind of thought he was joking, <laughs> like not, but not like a joking, like haha, like we were laughing about it. Like I, I think I was just in like pure utter shock, and yeah. so I was like, no, really, like, but it, and then the tears started coming, and then I sat on his knee, so I'm sure that didn't help the rocks. Yeah, I remember my <laughs> knee was like killing knee. me, but I wasn't gonna move her. And uh, then, I, and then he had to say, so is that a yes? And then yeah. I was like, yes. So. Wow. That's nice. I kind of put her on the spot because I was so, like, casual about it that she thought, are you pulling a fast one on me right here? What's going on? Is you know? It started as, well, I guess it's as good a place as any. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, I meant to say that in my head, but I said it out loud. I go, Very romantic. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's nice. So, so it's only two weeks, so I'm not sure how many changes so far, but... Uh, quite a few. There are, huh? Besides, uh, well, you were living together or no? Oh, we've been living together for three years. Okay, so there's yeah, not so the, really uh, not that many. I just not like the toilet seat and that kind of stuff. But uh, no, w- no, what kind no. Of she she leaves her clothes lying all over the the house, but hopefully that'll not change at some point. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those. You finish your stuff, you put it away. I'm kind of a neat freak. But I live for years by myself in a in a bachelor and a studio apartment where 
you have nowhere you you are wherever room you're in that's what you're always looking at so i always i just when you live in a studio apartment you always have to keep it clean otherwise you're just living in filth here you have a bedroom now we have a bedroom you can stick it all in there and you still have your living room nice and clean and livable so i just got used to cleaning up after myself like probably a little over the top with that now i'm thinking down the road you'll be touring you guys will be together who knows if they'll be little bambinos. I don't know what you guys are doing, but um, how's that going to affect anything as a comic on the road? Um, well, you know, she knew coming in what I did, and I, and I was traveling a lot, especially when we met. And um, so, you know, I've traveled a lot in our three years. I've been all over the world, actually, in our three years. So it's been a couple times. It's been great because she's been able to come with me on tour. Boston, mm-hmm. Seattle. If I have like a college, like on a weekend, um, where we can go do the show and then go see some things. We just went to Prescott, Arizona. Mm-hmm. I had a college there on a Friday. Was it Friday? Yep. Yeah, Friday. And then we just took the whole weekend, went to Sedona, and man, Sedona's beautiful. Oh, yeah. So when we can use that to our advantage, um, my ability to travel, um, we do, for sure. Um, right. But yeah, you know, there, there are certain thoughts you're like, you know, plus as you get older, you don't want to you don't want to be gone all the time. You know, I'm, L, I'm back and I'm in L A. I'm auditioning a lot, and I'm also really kind of hitting the the voiceover world quite a bit, uh, auditioning a lot for that. So, you know, it's kind of nice to stay home and not have to go leave all the time. You know, it gets kind of old and it gets expensive flying and driving and you know, it's it's not an easy life. No, it, it's, it's, no. it's it's I'm not gonna lie, it's fun for a little while. I've driven cross-country three times by myself. And I don't mean just a straight drive. I'm talking from California up to Montana all the way to Kentucky. Stopping it every By way of... Yeah, because I'm, I'm doing colleges all over the... I do yeah. I do clubs, too, but these are mostly college, college tours. And I'm, you know, honestly, one time I did a show. This is the craziest thing. I did a show, I had a show at a college in Nazareth College, I think it was called. Sounds real religious, but it wasn't. They drank a lot there. And... Uh, I had a show there on, a, I think it was a Wednesday night, you know, like a nine o'clock show. And then I had one like three days later, I think in uh, New York. So, all right, I got time. Three days later, I'll just, you know, um, I pointed to you even though we're on a podcast and nobody could see me because Tony's from New York. But, uh, you know, and then I get a call from my agent like, a couple days before this gig in South Carolina. And they go, hey, we have this other show, the school that wants to book you for the very next night after your South Carolina gig. And they'll pay you $2,500. If you, and I go, I'll take it. Before I even yeah. just get, book it, you know. And then I thought, I'll figure out how to get there afterwards. <laughs> and then I started doing the math. I'm like, holy smokes. So I had this great show in South Carolina. It ended around 10:15. the show ended. And then everybody, there was a big party that night on campus. And they were, they, and these people all wanted me to hang out. And, hey, come hang out, you know. It was fun. And one of those nights where you're like, thank God I'm a comedian who does colleges because you can hang out with all these college kids that are just having a great time. And I said, guys, I got to go. I literally, I finished, I got off the stage at 10.15. By 10.30, I was driving. I drove all through the, it was about a 14-hour drive. I drove all through the night. Incredible. I think I pulled over somewhere, you know, outside of like a Super 8 hotel and slept in my truck for like an hour. Yeah. And then finally I pulled into New York uh, I think this was I, actually this show was in Hoboken, New Jersey. It was in Hoboken. I forget. It was like a kind of a uh, it was Fordham. Was it Fordham University or is that in the Bronx? I lose track. And yeah, yeah it was yeah, for Fordham. Yeah, Fordham's uh, Bronx. Is it okay? So it was a yeah. different one. Uh, but it was like a sort of a um, 
uh, tech school were very intelligent kids, very intelligent, privileged uh -huh. kids go. Right. Usually, very tough audience, you know, because they're you know stuffy and they, you know they've come up with a, and but they were prospective students. They were so they were still in high school, and I get there and I it was literally the worst show I've ever had in my entire life. I wasn't on my game. They were a tough audience. They were heckling me from the moment I took the stage, and I wasn't handling it well. Sometimes you handle it well, and you turn uh -huh. the crowd around on your side, and I wasn't. And I'm gonna not gonna lie. I'm supposed to do an hour contractually. And I've never gotten off stage early on a college. But I get there, and the guy, my representative for the college, you always have a guy, when you get to a college, hi, I'm your rep, I'm with you all night, and at the end of your show, he gives you your check. Thanks for thanks for coming out, and, you know, this guy, <laughs> this was actually a Friday night, so my show at South Carolina was Thursday night, so it's Friday night, and this guy's like, uh, so there's the mic, there's the stage, you need anything? I'm like, no, are you going to be sticking around? He goes, probably not. He goes, I got a party to go to. This is my college rep. So it's basically just these high school kids who all know after the show where to go they're they're going to their dorms and so i got my money already and the guy's gonna be gone so i'm up there i have the worst set of my life 40 minutes in i'm like good night everybody <laughs> i was gone i had to walk through all these kids looking at me because you know they you know they know they got the best of me and uh, and but i went and I, I went and i you know you just feel like an idiot you're walking through them and they're all looking at you kind of snickering and probably like 250 of them and I went to a little bar in Hoboken, and I've always wanted to be in Hoboken. I'm a big fan of Frank Sinatra, you know, and I'm just like, wow, I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey. I went to a little bar, like old school bar. I sat and had a drink, and I just pulled that check because I felt terrible. You felt hor horrible about comedy yourself, and I pulled out that check, and I go, all right. I feel better. I win. <laughs> I win. They won the battle. I won the war. Screw them. <laughs> I honestly think I said on stage, I, for the only time I've ever said this on stage, it's kind of hacky, I guess, too. But I said, I don't care what you guys think. I'm getting paid anyway. I literally said that on stage. I was, that's how bad I was that night. I, I apologize to that school. I can't remember who they were because I was terrible. You have a few of those nights, huh? Yes, you do. As you know, mm -hmm. in comedy, man, no matter how good you think you are, yikes! I try to forget them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> who is it? I think Seinfeld, Steve Martin, they all say you learn from the bad sets and you get validated with the good sets. Yeah. Good sets are like, all right, I'm pretty good. Bad sets, okay, I need to get to work. Since we're talking about sets, uh, where's your next sets? Uh, where are you going to be playing? What's coming up for Johnny Cardinelli? Uh, what's happening? Well, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but this is December December 7th and 8th. I'm going to be at the new Huntington Beach. Uh, I think it's called the Huntington Beach Comedy Club. You can go to my Facebook page or uh, my, my website, johnnycardinelli.com, and see. But it's a new club right in Huntington Beach. It's a brand new, well, maybe three months, four months old. Beautiful club. I'll be working with Tracy McDonald. She was a champion of Star Search about 10 years ago. She won $250 million. $250,000, that is. Wow. I'll be working with her. That's this uh, Friday and Saturday. Great. I'm at uh, next Tuesday, which will be the December 15th, I think. Uh-huh. I'll be at the Irvine Improv doing Comedy Juice. Okay. This might still be in post-production at that yeah, time. Yeah, huh? that, that's pretty much <laughs> it. Yeah, but they can listen and go, oh, well, that was nice that he did those. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then... Um, but I know you were touring a I'm lot, going. I'm so. going overseas. Uh -huh. December 24th, I leave going to Jordan, Lebanon, and Egypt for the holidays. Oh. So I'll be entertaining our troops for my eighth tour overseas. Eight tours. Eight tour. And this will be the second year in a row that I'll be gone for the holidays, Christmas and New Year's, much to her chagrin. Yeah. But we're going home to Grand Rapids to see her family in January, so. 
Summer's a very understanding girl. I like that. That's a good one right there. Yeah, exactly. What are you doing for the holidays? I'm going back to New York City. Yeah. I'm going to do some shows with, uh, I'm not sure if you know Sheba Mason. Name sounds familiar. Jackie Mason's daughter. Oh, yeah, I have heard about her. Yeah, oh, she's incredible. Is she? Oh, my God. I I did a lot of shows last year with her. I'm going to do a couple of shows this year with her. Get to see the family. And not only that, but but Christmas in New York, there's nothing better. I've only been to New York one time during the winter. I can't wait to have a knish and a dirty water dog. That's what I'm (laughs) looking forward to. That and getting splashed by a cab. That's yeah, right? Exactly. Her. A little That's... mud on the pants. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, she's never been to New York. She's, she lived in Chicago, so she gets the gist of the vibe. Okay. But but New York, Christmas time, man. Hey, next Christmas, you might have to come back with me, you guys. We do some shows. We play in a whole. I'm yeah. Dying. I'm dying have fun. To go. That's what we do. Dying. Okay, that's next year, 2013. Do you like the audiences back in New York? Compared to L.A.? You know what? The difference last time, uh, I left last year on a a bad show at the improv where eight comics just bombed everybody was just sitting there with an attitude like go ahead make me laugh and so I get to New York and I purposely did the improv thing and it was gonna be a big show and I'm gonna go off on a big note I get to New York City I'm trying to come off of that I've got a bunch of new material I'm trying uh, Sheba Mason announces me. I walk out, and they go crazy. I almost can't hear myself. They laugh at everything I say. I'm not even sure if they were listening, but they were. They Amen, were brother. Oh, they were a hundred percent on board. So that made me even more worried for the second show. Second show, the same thing. Every show I had there, they're lunatics. They are fun. They come out to laugh, have a good time. It is so different than the Yeah, I've only done a few shows in New York, and man, the energy, it's it's there. Wow. They're right on top of things. They're intelligent audience. They're, they're fun. And then they're there to laugh. You're right. Uh, you know, not just your show, but there's plenty of times at the improv. Improv probably more than so than the other clubs in Hollywood were. Yeah make me laugh you think that's, or, a, that's a tougher room I think it's the toughest room in comedy Los Angeles comedy store is a tough room too comedy store is tough just because it's wacky and you know if you're really dirty and you gotta get in their face and go up there with that kind of attitude which is fine because the comedy store is where I grew up it's still my favorite place yeah. to work out yeah mine too that's where I started yeah I like it I like the sort of dirty dinginess of it all but I think the improv is much more the sit back and you know charm me kind of crowd you know or, or it's just people that are too that are so afraid of what they look like they don't want to laugh because who's looking at me they're so you know what I mean they're just a cool too cool for school kind of crowd yeah. I almost feel like if they dimmed all the lights in the improv like they do in the comedy store where audience couldn't see each other I think it'd be much better audience I think people would laugh a lot more I, that's why I like the uh, the comedy store yeah. it's uh, if you have if you're listening to this you've never been to the comedy store everything in the comedy store is black the, the curtains the carpet, the tables, yes. the uh, napkins, the chairs, the the carpet around the stage, the cur- the curtain behind the stage. There's spotlights focused on the stage, and Mitzi Shore created it that way because that way there's no distractions. You are watch, you are there to watch comedy, and that's how I think it should be. Yeah. You know, the improv is well lit. You're looking around. Who's that person over there? Wow, look at that waitress. Oh, what's this painting on the wall? Oh, is that a piano? You know. Yeah, too distracted. Uh, exactly. You know, you know. So, that's just my belief too. Okay, well, uh, before we wrap up, I wanted to ask you, did, did we go over your mentors? Did you tell me who, any mentors, or any big uh, name, famous comics? I wouldn't be doing stand-up not? if it wasn't for Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of comics, he, he's the one who influenced me. Like when I first heard his albums as a kid, I was like, okay, this guy is unbelievable. Half the jokes I didn't even get 
you know, some of the sexual innuendo and whatnot. I just, I liked his, and then I started watching Richard. My dad was a huge fan of Richard Pryor, so I watched him a lot. Uh, Saturday Night Live was a huge um, uh, influence on me. That's not stand-up so much, but just, I don't know, the zaniness, the wackiness. These days, I really like Brian Regan. Now, he's been around for a long time, and I used to watch him way back when, but I've sort of, through the years, I kind of lost track, and then I've rediscovered him, if you will, even though he's been there the whole time. I generally tend to like the sillier, cleaner comics. Uh, That's just my nature. Uh, But I also, I think Richard Pryor is the best comic ever. Uh, I love Chappelle. And... uh, I mean, as far as influences go, though, it, the, the immediate answer is always Steve Martin because just his zaniness, not his style or anything like that. I just love the fact that he was, he looked like a little kid having fun up there on stage. And, yeah. and I just think that's, for me, that's my kind of yeah. comedy, yeah. you know, that I like to watch and do. Yeah, he stood out for me as a kid and uh, Richard Pryor, of course. Yeah, the greats. Those are the greats. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Carlin's great, too, and I appreciate his writing, but he never made me roar like these guys did. I, I didn't think he was quite... He didn't have the silliness that, you know... I like Richard Pryor's facial expressions. I could watch him... Pro- you could probably watch five minutes of Richard Pryor with a sound turned down and crack up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just was that... Incredible. Many of his videos were shot at the Comedy Store, too, on that main stage. Well, they consider the Comedy Store the house that Richard built. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, here's another quick story, I'll tell you, that it's very anecdotal to what we're talking about right now. This... <laughs> I don't know why I didn't come to this conclusion first when you first asked me great moments getting picked up at this comedy store was the greatest uh, a few years after that I, you know I've, you've been to the comedy store the comedy store there is no MC. you're in a room where it's all dark and there's a piano player to the left so when you get done with hey i'm johnny cardinal thanks for coming out coming to the stage next you just bring up the next comedian but you always check with the piano player to the left because you see the lineup out back you know who's coming up next but if a celebrity pops in who wants to go up they go right up. So you always check with the, you know, who's going up next? Tony Malazzo? Uh-huh. And then... Uh, yeah, I always have Sarah Silverman, Bobby Lee, all kinds just jump right in front of you. Andrew Dice Clay, uh, you know. Yeah, you never know. But one night I'm there... What do and I, I do now? Well, you just bring them up and kind of call it a night. That's all. It's part of the deal. I mean, I get it. But one night I'm up on stage. It was like a Tuesday. About 100 people in a room that seats about 250. So, you know, not packed, but, you know, a nice enough crowd. And... I get done, had a decent set. Hey, guys, thanks. That's my time. Johnny Cardinelli. Uh, I turn to um, piano player Scott. Scott, who's uh, next? He goes, he tried to whisper it so the audience went here. He goes, Richard Pryor. I go, what? <laughs> I, he, goes, he goes, dude, I'm serious. I go, uh, I, I had to take oh him at his God. word. I go, dude, are you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the comedy store, and so you're on Sunset Boulevard, and you never know who's going to pop in. Uh, I'm as amazed as you guys are all about to be. Will you please welcome Richard Pryor? And everybody's just like, "What?" They think it's a gag or something because you know he had a, you know he had MS. Two guys had to carry him up on stage, but all of a sudden through the crowd there is. And as soon as, as people started realizing, is this starting to rain? As people started realizing who it was, they gave him a standing ovation right there on a Tuesday. And I handed the mic to him, and uh, wow. And then they sat him down in a chair, and and then he and then I just kind of walked off stage behind him, and just and I was like, oh my god, I just brought Richard Pryor up on stage, you know. And then I, I asked the comics in the back, I go, was he in the room when I was up there? Was he laughing in my, while I was up there? And they go, dude, he wasn't in the room. He didn't see you at all. I'm like, nah, all right. So then I called the it's next. Still an incredible moment. It was an incredible moment, but it got even better because I called Scott Mitzi Shore's 
um, uh, assistant the next day, or no, I got a call from him. I got a call from the comedy store. Just left a message, Johnny C. It's Scott. Give me a call. And uh, I'm like, oh, okay. I'm thinking, did I do something wrong? <laughs> and uh, he goes, uh, Johnny, Scott, um, Richard Pryor's going to start coming back every Wednesday and pop, you know, doing pop-ins every Wednesday. And he wants you to go up right before him. So for about three months, every Wednesday at the comedy store, I went up right before Richard Pryor. Isn't that crazy? Wow. This is towards the end, you know, and he it was really more, his set was more depressing than hilarious because he was very ill, he's very gaunt. Yeah. yeah. But he still had that sort of talking way he did things. And so, yeah, that was actually probably, yeah, I mean, it, it like the greatest moment. That'll be impossible to beat. Yeah. Because he's no longer with us and he's the greatest comedian wow. of all time, so. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. I have a picture with him and everything. Wow. It's a big deal enough when I'm, when I'm on that stage, I can kind of feel it. I, I know you've been on it a lot more than I have. I've only been on the main stage a couple of times, but... All the greats. All the greats. They've been up right there. Feel yeah. it when you're there. Hey! Yeah, pretty inspiring. Yeah, totally. Um, one, one other thing before we go. Yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a question for you. If you were going... If you were able to change three things in life... Not necessarily in yours, the world, whatever it may be. If you could change three things in life, what would you change? Uh, let's use solar power for everything and eliminate oil, which would take all the power uh, out of the Middle East. <laughs> and, uh -huh. and, you know, and uh, you know, well, that's an interesting question because uh, I don't want to do just generic stuff. Uh, I think in this country. We should, let's just use this country, but maybe the world over. I think we should uh, turn the computers off for our children and get them out um, outside playing catch, running around, uh, diving in piles of leaves like I did as a kid. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and maybe it would help certainly the, the obesity problem that we have in the country, and not to mention, I think, social, socially. Uh, I'm all for video games, time and a place. You know, let's monitor a little bit more. And uh, go see foreign films every now and then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Get away More from... Indies. get away. I love American films, too. I just saw Skyfall. I loved it. But mm -hmm. go watch something that's, that uh, challenges your mind a little bit more. And, makes, and it's a lot of fun and interesting to talk about afterwards. Those are... I'm trying to be eclectic. But uh, those are three things that I certainly wouldn't mind seeing more of. Great. So. Anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, Tony Malazzo, you put on like literally the greatest. I think it's how many times have I done this? Four years or I think you've done it for five years. Here? Yeah. Oh, the, the Marina. The, uh, the Marina Yacht Club benefits is eight years. You've not only done them like several of them. You've yeah. also done other shows mm -hmm. here and also the Rat Pack shows. Yeah, the Rat Pack at the West Side Comedy Headliners only. Yeah, that's a great show. But this one you put on here at the Marina Yacht Club, it is. Just phenomenal. Here's a funny story, too, and then we'll, before we leave, when her and I met, we met out here, and then she was just out here vacate, you know, visiting. Then she went home, and then her and I literally chatted online for a year and a half before we ever... Um, I was happy to be back in her town, so we saw each other back there. And then she she said, hey, I'm going to come out to California, you know, so, you, well, so we, her and I could figure things out, you know. So at this point here, we had met once, we had chatted for a year and a half, and then we had hung out for three days. So now she's coming out to California... <laughs> The very night that I was doing one of your shows here, 
So it was a Saturday, and she was driving in with her sister from Phoenix. They were going to get in in time to make it to the show. So I told her, go to the Marina Yacht Club. I'll be there. And, you know, I kept thinking, is she going to blow me off? Because we don't know each other that well this time. But I'm doing your show. And then I never see her, and I'm getting ready to go up. And I think we're texting. And her and her sister went to some other Marina Yacht Club. They were driving around this. I'm thinking they're yeah, blowing me off. This is actually not even called Marina Yacht Club. Yeah, I know. It was my fault. I called it the <laughs> wrong thing. <laughs> looking 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 and yeah we're, we're driving down all these roads turning around we're like where the heck is this and we keep getting out of the car and going in these places we finally went into this one place that was titled what he said marina oh, yacht we get in we're like yeah we're here for a comedy show and this like really bizarro guy was up front he's like Whoa, security guard he's like you're looking at him yeah and we're like oh my god this is so not it we have to leave <laughs> first day back in california first day in california I'm trying to get her to come here. She, I'm thinking she's blowing me off. She's going. She's driving all around here. It was the most chaotic evening. It was while crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah. She obviously eventually found you because yeah. you never made it. No, she they never made it here. Back up in Santa Monica at one of his local. Places yeah, I told him go loved. to the Lobster, my favorite restaurant, the Lobster. Right on Santa. Well, you been there? Yeah, it's awesome. I go. We'll meet there. But that was that was the night that she came here back into town. That that led to her moving here. It was, that was the, like three the years was ago. yeah your That's show so three years wild. ago? Yeah. Isn't that funny? So I yeah. finally made it to this one. Yeah, it didn't even dawn on me till we were just talking about it just mm-hmm. now. Well, since we're talking about uh, the Yacht Club and Marine, and next time we're going to get out on the boat, weather conditions are better. Yeah. Um, sure. I know you're kayaking now, you said. Yeah, we have a dually kayak, um, and we paddle out right past the marina, actually. right past. I mean, right past the, the Yacht Club here. We we. we we look at it all the time, and we go out there. We don't get too far out in the ocean. Somebody's a scaredy cat over here, yeah. and uh, yeah, <laughs> but it's a blast. It's you know, you know, how many you times have race. you gone out so far? About probably like four, three yeah. or four. Yeah, she'll yeah. be ready for the ocean after. Yeah, I mean, we got to shut it down pretty much with the weather getting a little yeah. cooler. But um, you know, the, all the rays, you see all the rays floating around in the in the marina right here. Then you get out there and the sea lions. I mean, you get it right by them. They're it's they're big. And uh, oh yeah, they're, they'll come right up to you. Yeah, yeah we've seen a couple dolphins. Close. You know, it's it's awesome. You know, yeah. so we consider ourselves boat owners, like you. Great. Now that we have a kayak, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, they're going to be a member of the yacht club too. <laughs> That's right. We'll be the only one carrying our boat in. Where should we set it? There we go. <laughs> you know? Not anymore. Now we have kayakers joining, and paddle boarding is huge. So yeah, that wow. actually, you know, we wow. see more paddle boarders when we're out there kayaking than anything. Yeah. There's a ton of them out there. Yeah. Well, next time we're going to do this interview on his kayak. That would be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't that be hilarious? Yeah. Or maybe a big yacht with a caterer and a band or hey, something that's, about mm-hmm. next time. Yeah. That sounds perfect. Yeah. Yeah, see, Summer likes You know that. what? I'm with her. We can call it the Kayak Yak. <laughs> the Kayak Yak Fest. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. That's something we're going to have to do. Yeah, totally. That'll well, be a first. Well, I want to say uh, thank you to Summer. Oh, thank you. You're thank you, Johnny Cardinelli, for joining us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Always. A lot of fun. And we're going to have you back. You'll come back. Always. And we're going to see it some more rap Anytime action. Tony Malazzo's got something going on, Johnny C is aboard. Oh, God. We've had some great times for the years. I know. I love you, Johnny. Yeah, I love you too, brother. Okay, right there. Yeah. All right. Johnny Cardinelli with Tony Malazzo, live and on board. This show has been produced by Tony Malazzo, Alyssa Inferna, and David Ringwald. If you'd like to be on board, check us out on Facebook at Tony Malazzo Entertainer, tweet us at Tony Malazzo Live, or snail mail us at P.O. Box 10074, Marina del Rey, California, 90295.